Welcome to episode 11 of Hit Single. We have a new guest this week, uh, Charlie McDonald. How's it going? Hey, Akshat, what's going on? Happy to be here. Nothing much. All right, so since you're new, let's have you kind of introduce yourself. What teams you root for since we're kind of a sports-based uh, podcast? What are your favorite teams? Where do you live? Whatever you want to say. Yeah, so um, I am New Jersey, born and bred. Um, that being the case, there's not a lot of professional sports teams located in, well, I guess technically located in the physical state of New Jersey. There are more than you would assume. Um, <laughs> speaking specifically of my New York Giants, who are the East Rutherford Giants. Um, so yeah, big Giants fan, uh, baseball, Yankees, let's go. Great <laughs> summer so far. Um, don't know how we're staying afloat. I know you're not a big baseball guy, but that's fine. Um, I'm not. We hold on to hope with the New Jersey Devils, because how about that? That's an actual franchise that we have <laughs> in the great state of New Jersey. Um, and then I'm also a huge soccer fan. Arsenal is who I support in the Premier League, which um, looking okay. Is, honestly, there's no need for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll extrapolate on that further. Um, yes, we'll get into per, that later. As per the rundown. Um, and then the MLS, Philadelphia Union. Let's go. Um Funny story behind that, a uh, good friend of mine, uh, on the first home game ever for the Philadelphia Union, he was in attendance, he's from Jersey, but from right outside Philly, and uh, so he went to the game, he was super hyped that there was an MLS team down near him, went into the team shop, and let's just say for the first game ever in the stadium, there wasn't the tightest of security, so uh <laughs> Him and one of his buddies, they may or may not have um, obtained some jerseys, among other things, from the oh team boy. shop. Um, he brought it back up to our apartment where we were living at the time, and he was like, hey, you want this jersey? To which I said, of course. Uh, and then he said, well, you have to support the Philadelphia Union. So here we are, I think seven years, six, seven years into the franchise's history. Still as big a fan as ever. So... Um, All right, so you became a fan because of some illegal activity. Got it. I mean, yeah, if you look, you could say, yes, that is how it happened. All right, that's fair. All right, well, with that said, we'll just get straight into our rundown here, and we'll start with Love 30. And since you're new, we'll kick to you. You can um, go through your first one here. Yeah, so um, things I love. So something that I love, and I know you've loved for a while, is the game FIFA. It's how many of us get into soccer in the United States, uh, for better or for worse. That said, uh, the last FIFA game I purchased and played was FIFA 17. Now, why? I don't really know. I mean, I fully enjoyed um, every FIFA iteration. I think I bought like every iteration from you know 10 to... 17 and then i was just like you know what it's just getting kind of stale 
<laughs> I don't need this. It's, you know, it's 60 bucks I can save every year. Now, that said, have you ever played FIFA Street? Uh, I did occasionally, yeah. Yeah, so it came out, I think, in like 2012 or 2013. It was when I was like finishing up college, I remember. And I loved it. And they only made like the, well, I think there was older iterations, but like a modern iteration. There was the, only that one. But now for FIFA 20, I don't know if you've seen the ads because I'm getting bombarded on Instagram by these <laughs> yeah, ads yeah, um, of, of the return of, they're calling it Volta Football, yep. whatever. It's FIFA Street. It looks great. You can like customize your look. There's always different uh, outfits, whatever. Um, to, yeah, and you can turn of, like all the penalties and like fouls and all that stuff off. You can turn offsides off. It's just total street ball. I love it. You can do all these crazy moves. Like that was the best part. Obviously, at FIFA Street is all these ridiculous skill moves you can do. So yeah, that's kind of what I love. Um, that I'm. I think this is my glorious return to fifa and it might just be to play the fifa street aspect no that's totally fair i'm very excited for that my friend got access to the beta that they just started a few uh, days ago and he has access to volta and one of the things that he said he loves doing is just crossing off the cage and (laughs) and it sets you up for like a bike and things like that so i just yeah it's like rocket league yeah um (laughs) So along the same line, my first one is that Madden is back. Uh, it mm-hmm. came out, a, what, four, no, 11 days ago? I don't know, 10 days ago. And um, I'm in a Madden league that just started three days ago. Mm-hmm. And I suck at this game already, which is great news for me. And I don't care because it's Madden. And even if the game isn't great, I just like trading and playing the game for hours on end. Yeah, so what kind of... Do you, so obviously you're in a Madden league, so yeah. is that your, like, go-to Madden, uh, whatchamacallit, game mode, so to speak? Yeah, I would say for the most part, I don't really play Madden if it's not for that league. Yeah. Uh, if, and if I wasn't in that league, I'm not even sure I would still buy Madden every year. Okay, interesting. But, you know, just being in a league and having 31 other people that, like, we interact with and trade with and play games against makes it more interact just like more engaging so keeps it fun for me and keeps it from getting stale i guess yeah i mean i've like i always used to buy madden growing up but then i kind of stopped like i don't even know at this point maybe like eight years ago yeah um because i mean i'm also like it's the same thing with fifa like i'm i'm the guy who plays manager mode i create a player like i just want to be in the hall of fame i want to (laughs) live vicariously through this created character who doesn't look anything like me, right. um, but he's also like maybe a few inches taller, maybe and a lot just, like, leaner. infinitely more athletic than us. So yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah. So I have one other thing. Um, yeah. That I love. Uh, loved. Now this is not a modern thing, but my wife is like a massive fan of old. Films, movies, like, loves the whole black and white thing, which I'm, like, you know, take it or leave it type thing. I'm not, like, a film scholar, but I'll definitely watch them and see kind of what's going on. Um, that said, we, we we wanted to find an old movie to watch. And have you ever, first of all, have you ever heard of realgood.com? I hadn't, actually. When I saw this on here, I went and looked it up, and I was very fascinated by it. All right, so it's real, like a film reel, R-E-E-L, good.com. And essentially, it's like 
you can search for any movie you and if you like whatever it will it will tell you the imdb rating of that movie the rotten tomatoes the metacritic whatever rating of that movie but then it also tells you where you can watch it streaming wise so like if you look up i don't know the new avengers movie right it'll say you know not available on netflix hulu whatever you can rent it on amazon for three dollars or whatever so yeah. it's great if you like have a particular movie in mind and you want to look for something um and see like oh i can watch this on hulu or oh it's on netflix nice um so that's great the other thing though is you can search and like do criteria so we just did a search of like films from 1945 to 1960 um, <laughs> with like higher than an eight on IMDb or something like that. And yeah, we watched the movie The Third Man, which if anybody is listening to this podcast and is actually a film like nerd critic, um, like apparently this is one of like the greatest movies ever made. I had no idea because I'm not that guy. Um, Interesting. Yeah, but made in 1949, um, Orson Welles is in it, you know, War of the Worlds guy, pretty big deal back in that era. Um, But that said, like, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie, and it's on Netflix, by the way, that's how um, we also, you can also, when you search on Real Good, you can pick, like, you can select all of the streaming services that you have, so it'll only show options that you could watch, basically. yeah, and really good. And this was a lot longer than 30 seconds, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I'm not super into like older movies, but uh, I, I might give this a shot. Looking it up, it's got a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 97 on Metacritic. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, because that's the thing. Like, for me, I always think of old movies as like, you know, like, yeah, see, yeah, you know, like that. <laughs> Which, <laughs> I mean, maybe this has some as- aspects of that, but also when you see a good old movie, you're kind of struck by how much it looks like a modern movie. Yeah. Like, and that was kind of the case with this. It's like, oh, that's why it was so big back in the day because, like, it was revolutionary in the sense that it changed cinema, right? So that's why it kind of looks like yeah. a modern movie. So I would recommend The Third Man. Okay, I'll add that to my lengthy list of movies that I still have to get to. And <laughs> speaking of movies, I also have a movie on my as my second love 30, but um, it's a little more modern and a little less artistic as your choice. Uh, I saw Hobbs and Shaw this past weekend. Oh, which, don't sell it short. Come well, it's, it's changing I mean, cinema. It's a Fast and Furious movie, so you know what you're looking at. You know what you're getting into. It's an insane movie with a lot of insane shit happening, but it's <laughs> it's a lot of fun, and it's not artistic at all. It's not gonna win any awards but it's it's the rock and it's jason statham and it's fun and it could win i actually very much recommend it um i don't depends on where you stand on the fast and furious movies at this point um i think it's still a fun movie even if like you're not a huge fan which i wasn't i'm not a huge fast and furious movie i don't normally go out and like make a make plans to watch those movies but i actually decided to go watch this one and i thoroughly enjoyed it yeah like i have seen like fast and furious one and two and tokyo drift and i think that's it yeah um, that's kind of where i was and now i'm kind of going through and rewatching, or not rewatching, but watching all of them yeah, just like from start like to blast finish. i'm kind of like at that point where it's like i'm 
kind of ready to embrace more ridiculous action movies just for what they are, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think it's not every movie has to be like this cinematic masterpiece. I mean, as long as a movie knows what it is and that it's like just ridiculous fun, it can still be a good movie to watch. And I will put my time into it. And that's kind of where I stand on this and like the Mission Impossible movies. uh, I don't even know what else. The John Wick movies, like they know what they are. They're not like, they're not Oscar winning type of movies, but yeah. And that's fine. Definitely. I need to watch more of them because I just don't watch a lot of movies either. And I kind of wish I did. (laughs) All right. We'll move on to word association now. So we're just going to read off some headlines and our instant reactions to those. And our first one here is the big thing in the NFL right now, which is Antonio Brown. Well, there's been some updates to this today, but originally he said he wouldn't play football again if he couldn't wear his whole old helmet. Um, And then there was an update today where the NFL arbitrator said that he has to wear that helmet and he... Uh, then made a statement on Instagram where he just said, like, all right, fine, I'll do it, and he'll play once he's healthy. So kind of it seems like the saga might be over, but we'll see when he gets healthy. But uh, what was your reaction to this? Yeah, I was, like, kind of in the camp of, like, why, though, you know? Right. Like, (laughs) look, this is – I have never played organized football in my life, so – like go ahead and dismiss my opinion immediately um but yeah like is i mean i guess it's, well, i mean i guess it's maybe it's like any sports equipment you kind of have your your equipment right and you kind of form that sort of bond to it and you feel comfortable playing in it but like also at the end of the day like come on man like you're a grown-ass man <laughs> right like it's a helmet. All right. Like whatever. If you, I got played baseball growing up, and if you got a new mitt, it's like oh no. Like I mean, maybe I would have actually cried about it because I was like twelve. But also, I like to think a twelve-year-old me would have gotten over it. You know, it's like all right, it still is going to function the way my old glove did. You just kind of got to get used to it. Like you can get used to a new helmet, my guy. Right. Yeah. My 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 whole thing to this was just like insanity because this is. This is that. It's just insane to threaten retirement over a helmet. I don't I don't quite understand it. And I know there are some like conspiracy theories going around that maybe he's doing this to kind of hide how serious his frostbite issue on his feet might be, which, which I don't is disgusting. Yeah. I don't entirely buy that. I don't think it's I think there might have been some element of him trying to delay it a little bit maybe because of his foot issues potentially being serious or more serious than originally said. But yeah, I don't know. This whole thing was insane and I'm hoping it's over now, now that the arbitrator has kind of shut it down and said that they're not going to let him do whatever he wants here with that. And NFL PR also kind of made a statement this morning without actually mentioning him directly, but they just made a statement saying that if someone doesn't wear gear that's like licensed by the NFL or approved by the NFL, then they could forfeit pay, which was very obviously directed at him, but it didn't mean him. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Whatever. It's going to make hard knocks better this week. Yeah. Excited about that. That's, that's the best part about this, that we get to hopefully see this all play out on hard knocks. All right. Next headline. 
We've got University of Miami, Florida, uh, names Jaron Williams, not Tate Martell, as their starting quarterback for week one against Florida. Um, so my reaction, because this is more, this is somewhat closer to me, was karma. So if you don't remember or aren't entirely filled in on the events, Tate Martell used to be at Ohio State and was kind of penciled in to be the starter for this upcoming season until right after the bowl game um, or this past bowl game, it became rumored that Justin Fields was going to be transferring to Ohio State. And he had some cryptic tweets kind of going at Justin Fields uh, and Tate Martell did. And he was very unhappy about the situation. And then he kind of made a whole stink about it and then transferred out once Justin Fields committed here. And um, then made this whole deal, transferred out, went to Miami, got a hardship waiver to be able to play immediately. And even despite all that, he did not win the starting position there. So, yeah, karma, because he made it, made it this big deal that if Fields came in, he wouldn't be handed the job. And it seems like he went to Miami because he thought he would be handed the job. Then he lost out. And, yeah, what goes around comes around. I have zero sympathy for him. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this one for me was a big fat who. Um, I'm not the biggest college football guy. Uh, I definitely watch like the game of the weekend, whatever that is, your bowl games. I'm into that. Um, definitely didn't know any of this backstory. Also definitely Googled uh, this story after I found out we were going to be talking about it. So I kind of understood where it was coming from, um, you being the host of this podcast. Yes. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I can get behind uh, not liking this Tate guy, so I'm all in. I support yeah. you 100%. Except I'm also like, just, but also at the same time, like Ohio State, I'm sorry. I know it's your alma mater. I just, I don't get it, man. The, whole, <laughs> the like, the, the, it's whatever. Like, it's a college, okay? <laughs> so, the, I think the other fun part about this for me is kind of like, I used to like Tate Martell, and anyone who knows me and, like, watched Ohio State with me last year knows that, like, I, I loved the moments when Tate Martell came in to the game, because he mostly just played, like, garbage time minutes, but they were fun normally. Mm -hmm. And then... From going from that to just being like the most hated guy on campus for that two weeks when he made his whole stink about uh, field and then just like the whole complete 180 that I think the whole entire fan base did on him. You love that. I love it. Yeah, I because he 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 was always like this spoiled rich kid that got everything he wanted. And now that he's not, he's making this like big deal about it. And it's kind of fun to watch from afar now now that he's not on the team. But all right, uh, next headline, Liverpool loses their goalkeeper, Allison Becker, for the next, quote unquote, the next few weeks, according to Jurgen Klopp. Uh, what was your reaction to this? Um, thank G for VVD. Um, thank, well, all right, so we all know Liverpool um, in seasons past, recent seasons past, have had a lot of issues when it came to who was between the sticks. Uh be that Carius or Mignolet before him. Um, Allison kind of pr provided that bit of like steely calm in goal. You know, he's obviously really great with his feet, which helps any goalkeeper. Um, that said, 
he's not tested as much as other goalkeepers in the league, and a massive part of that is the signing of Virgil van Dyke last year. Um, so from that point of view, the way I look at it is you know, Champions League that had that solid defense, especially once VVD came over. Um, so I don't think I'm not too too worried about it. And since the news is kind of broken, it seems like it's anywhere from like a month to two months um, that he's going to be out. I like to think I don't know their upcoming schedule. Um, I can take a look and kind of see what's coming up for them. Um, but again, like they are a top two team in the Premier League. I don't think um, this is going to have too much of an effect on them. But what about you? Yeah, I just said they'll live because, uh, like you said, I was looking at their schedule. And, I mean, they've got Southampton next, then Arsenal after that. Uh, Burnley and Newcastle are their next four matches. So, yeah. of that, Arsenal is the only one that can give them any sort of issues. And I Damn still right think, can. like, Liverpool's Liverpool is so good on the attack that even if Arsenal does slow them down a bit. I don't know if it'll be enough. I'm sorry. I know you're an Arsenal fan, so. Yeah, there's um, no need. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't think this really is going to affect their chances here uh, for the next, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point too about their attacking options. We all know how prolific their front three are. Um, so like, even if they have an issue with stopping goals from going in, which I don't really think is going to be that much of an issue, they also have no problem putting goals yeah. in the opposing they, net. You know? They can score essentially at will, or as, as at will as you can get in soccer. And especially against uh, Arsenal's back line. So we'll see that in a few weeks. But. Well, we'll see. It's an improved back line, I think. Um. Uh, yeah, what's the next topic? Uh, <laughs> all right, our next headline here is uh, the NCAA... So they introduced this thing, this rule or some guidelines, I guess you could call it, for uh, who is allowed to represent college basketball players that are testing the waters for the NBA draft. So originally the criteria was that they had to have a bachelor's degree, they had to be certified with the NBPA for a minimum of three years, and they had to take an in-person exam at the NCAA office in Indianapolis. So there's a lot of backlash about this, and it was dubbed the Rich Paul rule, who is famously or famously did not go to or finish college. He does not have a bachelor's degree, but he is arguably the most powerful agent in the NBA right now. So mm. it was dubbed the Rich Paul rule. He even wrote an op-ed this morning for The Athletic, and hours after he wrote that, the NCAA amended the rule by removing the requirement for a bachelor's degree. Oh, well, that was nice. So <laughs> my reaction was that, it's still not enough. I don't think the NCAA has any place in trying to govern who is allowed to be an agent and who isn't. If the, yeah. N- if the NBPA allows a, a person to be an agent and they have their own guidelines and no one that I've ever heard of has had an issue with what their guidelines are. But if the NBPA allows you to be an agent, then in my mind, the NCAA has no right to challenge that, I guess. Um, it's dumb. I still think like, they got rid of the bachelor's degree requirement, which was probably the biggest sticking point or biggest issue that people had with those guidelines. And great for getting rid of that. I still think they should <laughs> yeah. get rid of this entire thing entire, like as a whole and just let the NBPA govern this whole thing. But yeah, it's, it's a step in the right direction, but still not enough. NCAA do better. 
Yeah, my initial reaction was um, a little bit upset. Um, I think the only thing I had going for me to be an MBA uh, agent was that I do have a bachelor's degree. <laughs> um, the fact that they're removing that is a bit sad uh, because now if, if anybody can be an agent, then I don't really stand a chance. Um, <laughs> but I totally align with what you're saying. Um, there is really no reason... Like, yeah, especially for the NCAA, um, to think that they have the right to govern this type of thing, you know? It's not like any, I mean, like it's not like these agents are college students, you know? Well, maybe that's the future. I don't know. Maybe that's why they wanted to make this a rule. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a, a vast majority of these agents are well-qualified individuals and Obviously, we've seen that a bachelor's degree, any degree, is not necessary in almost any field, you know? Right. Um, let alone one that's going to be representing uh, athletes just trying to do good by them. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I guess I'm glad they amended that, the bachelor's degree requirement aspect, but like you, they should be removing these entirely. Yeah. Okay, our last headline is Edison Cavani is set to join Inter Miami once his PSG contract expires next summer. What was your reaction? Um, well, when I initially read this rundown, I read it as Inter Milan, to which I thought, so what? Um, that's great for him. He's going back to Italy. You know, he was pretty prolific at Napoli back in the day. And then I reread it and realized that you wrote Inter Miami. And I thought to myself, okay, they don't exist yet. Um, <laughs> so that's interesting. Is there, um, I didn't like get a chance to read more into this one. Is there, are they one of the MLS teams, um, going to be brought into the league next summer? I don't think they are. Are they? Um, they are 2020 season. So yeah. Oh, okay. So then, so yeah, next summer. Okay. Um, well, that's great. I mean, I've always kind of been a fan of Cavani cause he's a very comedic figure in the soccer world. Like he, he scores stunning goals. He has this great hair, but then he also trips a lot. He falls down, <laughs> which always tickles my funny bone. Um, so, yeah, to have him in the MLS, and he's going to be, what, in his, like, mid to early 30s at the end of this summer? He's 32 now, so he'll be 33 next year. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, I I, I think that's great. I think the MLS gets a lot of shtick, obviously, for them getting these retired-type players, as people like to say, and I think that's enormously overblown. Um Considering the amount of young talent in the league right now, um, even young international talent, and even a lot of the guys who are um, like guys who have a name made for themselves when they come over, it's not like the last season that they were at whatever club that they were at was a disgrace. You know, right. like Zlatan came from Man U, where he had a great season that uh, in his uh, season at Man U. So it's not like he was like had two goals, and then I'm just going to go get a paycheck and live in L.A. for the rest of my life. Right. You know, a lot of these guys are coming over after having just performed in a top European league. So that's like the part that I kind of look at as overblown. So we'll see how Cavani does this season at PSG, and we'll see if if he has a great year. Maybe he changes his mind. We don't know if this is like a handshake agreement, if this is like an official agreement. But, 
Yeah, in some places I'm seeing it's just like a report. In other places I'm seeing it's a done deal. But I'm again, it's soccer's weird with all that. You never know when something's official. But my reaction to this was splash signing question mark. Ever since Inter Miami was announced, it's been rumored that they were going to make this big splash uh, and bring in some superstar that was potentially even bigger than Zlatan. Yeah, and, Ronaldo was and Ronaldo, like yeah, Ronaldo was rumor. always the rumored name because he's made it. Uh, he's been publicly open to coming to the MLS and potentially ending his career here. So a lot of people thought it might be him. I guess this is who it might be for now. I still think they probably have something else up their sleeves eventually. I think David David Beckham probably has the pull to be able to bring other guys too. Yeah. But Cavani, I think on the international stage or like if you're an MLS fan, does Cavani really move the needle for you? I don't think he does. I don't think he's... I don't think he does either um, unless you like playing with PSG and FIFA. Like I don't really know that name recognition. Um, right. Like like Zlatan was obviously a big needle mover type of signing. Wayne Rooney was when he came to DC and now he's leaving. Um, but mm. I mean, there's there have been some big names that have signed and I think Cavani might be as good as like say Wayne Rooney, not like at their peaks, but you know, Cavani probably right. at one point was probably as good as Wayne Rooney, but like, you know, that name recognition was never there. And right. I think if inner Miami wants to make that big splash signing, that name recognition has to be there. And he's not quite it, but he's still probably going to be like a top five player in the MLS. So yeah, exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, even if he isn't the name that's going to put butts in seats, if he, performs well and the team does well that's going to put butts in seats yeah and then people will know his name so let's move to rank them and the last couple weeks we've done some tv show and movie rankings this week we're going to rank the top five songs with the best intros so like the first five to ten seconds uh i admittedly stole this idea from the dan patrick show i was listening watching it once and this was a topic on that i was like oh cool I'm gonna do this. I was this. gonna say because this was a really good idea for um, a like ranking thing. I did not realize you stole it. Um, yeah, but hey, I, I feel bad for stealing it, but at the same time, it's a good one. So I felt like I had to do it. Um, so yeah, I'll just do my number five, then you do your number five, uh, and we'll just go back and forth. Yeah. Do we want to? If we have any honorable mentions, should we start with those, or did you want to do those at the end? Because uh, let's do honorable mentions at the end. Okay. Okay. All right, so my number five is Stronger by Kanye West. Yeah, so I mean, I, I'm i a big Daft Punk fan. So getting that, that sample from Daft Punk in the beginning and then just going straight into the song, I don't know, it's, it's a big, like, whenever it's on, if I'm anywhere and I hear that song start, I have to stop doing what I'm doing and listen to the rest of the song. <laughs> It's, yeah, it kind of goes in just hard. Yeah. After that little Daft Punk intro. Yeah, and I'm, yeah, like I said, big Daft Punk fan, and I love that he sampled them in this song, and I love that it just worked as well as it did. Um, and this is like a top three Kanye song for me, so easy number five for me. Yeah, so my number five is one that I assume not a lot of people have heard of um or like know this artist because 
there's literally one song by this artist on Spotify, and it is this one, and it has like 7,000 plays. Um, but that song is True Lover by Maraschino. So this song, like, I, I, I saw it on, like, not to sound weird, but all right, I love to cook, and I follow a lot of chefs on Instagram, and... That said, one of them posts what he's listening to on Spotify all the time, and he randomly posted this song. has a very provocative uh, cover art on Spotify, so I was like, I'll give that a listen. And <laughs> my God, like, it is just like the epitome of like a dance club like anthem. Like, I don't know. Like, when this song starts, it just immediately starts, and I like can't help but start grooving. Like, I'm sitting at my desk listening to the song and like i want to get up and dance no yeah that's fair i've never heard this song and i'm now i'm gonna have to yeah i'm telling you you put it on and you're like okay oh oh it's gonna be okay it's gonna be like that all right i'll do that after this first thing and yeah admittedly that is a hundred percent recency bias um hey that's fine because if you had i could have taken like an entire week to make this list um, you gave me a couple hours so (laughs) um that said this i don't know if i could if i had a week this list would probably change but i'm happy with what i've decided yeah i think i'm pretty satisfied with my five but yeah this was actually a really hard list to make for me because there are so many songs my number four and this is going straight back to like middle school is Mm -hmm. uh numb encore by lincoln park and jay-z yeah so I am a huge, or Pam was, I don't know how I can really qualify that, but I'm, I'm a big Linkin Park fan. Mm-hmm. Grew up with them as my like first favorite, like absolute favorite band. And if I had to go back and find the one song that I listened to the most in high school and middle school, it was probably this song. Yeah, just that beginning part that, like, just the dun 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 like that part just... As soon as that's on, I'm, I'm, it it gets me. I got so it. recognizable too. Yeah, it, everyone knows it. I, even if right. you're like not a Lincoln Park fan, you know that part, uh, or a Jay Z fan. I think you know that this song and you know that beginning. Yeah. So yeah, that's my number four. Uh, what's yours? All right. So my number four is "You Make My Dreams Come True." I don't know if that's included in the name of the song. I think it's just "You Make My Dreams" by Hall and Oates. So this song, again, I just love, I'm an upbeat music guy, um, and I don't know if there is like a happier sounding song in the universe than You Make My Dreams Come True, um, illustrated by the famous scene in 500 Days of Summer, uh, with Joseph Gordon-Levitt dancing and singing along to the song while like waltzing through a park, um, and yeah, it's another song that has that instantly recognizable guitar hook when it starts, um, and always puts you in a good mood like it's really hard to listen to this song and not be happy yeah i big hall notes fan so i totally agree and know what you're talking about when you like that song is one of those just 
as soon as it starts, you start grooving, and you know it's going to be a happy four minutes of your life. Yeah, it's great. Um, didn't know you were a huge Hall & Oates fan. I wouldn't classify myself as huge, but I definitely have a spot in my heart for Hall & Oates. Yeah, um, they're like a weird... I, I, I don't think I'd ever actually soul, go out of baby. my way to listen to them. All right. There's very few situations where I do go out of my way to listen to them, but when they're on, I'm never going to turn them off. They're great. Yeah. All right. My number three. Yeah. My number three is Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes. So this one has some Ohio State connections to me. Uh, It's the song that... And I'm sure it's not just Ohio State who does it, but because I went to Ohio State, I just associated with them. Isn't it the Ohio State? Yeah. Sorry. You know what? Keep going. <laughs> I'm sorry. The Ohio State. Yeah. I can't believe I did my own school wrong. <laughs> so anytime Ohio State lines up for a kickoff or the other team lines up for a kickoff, this is a song that plays and it's like the entire stand is just jumping around. It's just that beginning, like that bass in the beginning. And it's... uh. Yeah, it's, I, whenever I listen to the song, I just think of football season and I think mm-hmm. of Ohio State football and that's partially why it's number three. And it's just a, it's just a fun beginning too. Like, you know, what's coming and like, I don't even, I couldn't tell you what the rest of the song is. Like, I don't think I've made it past like a minute <laughs> you into only the song. know the intro. Yeah. It's just that, just that intro that really gets me. That's amazing. But also, I mean, it just kind of shows the beauty of music, right? Yeah. If it, like, you hear that song and every time it brings you back to your college memories and going to football games and watching them, it's yeah. nice. It's a nice sentiment. All right. Um, we'll go with my number three, which is Flagpole Sitta by Harvey Danger. So, kind of an iconic rock party song, Flagpole Sitta. And, again, another one that starts very in your face with just a man banging on the snare drum for four beats or whatever it is, and then just immediately ripping into guitar. Um, A very, like, classic song from, like, a lot of the late 90s movies, and it kind of puts you in that era of, like, the angry angsty sort of like jumping around and smashing into people sort of song (laughs) um which also is just like a great mood and also low-key karaoke smash hit really people don't think of oh people don't think of uh flagpole sitta like you wouldn't immediately think of that as a karaoke song you put the song on it's immediately recognizable granted if you're maybe like in like our age, like late twenties, maybe if you're in like your early thirties, immediately recognizable. People get pumped because the guy Harvey Danger, the way he sings it is very like, you know, in like in his mouth. I don't even know how to describe <laughs> it. Sort of like angsty, you know. Yeah, it's sort of an anthem from that time and is a great song. I love it. Interesting. Yeah, I've never thought of this song as a karaoke song. And funny enough, the. F- first time i ever heard this song was on the punk goes pop album that came out oh, like in 09. Yeah. that was the first time i heard any version of this song and then of course i had to go love back the to punk goes pop yeah that's a little fun fact that i that's probably more embarrassing than it is fun anyway 
My number two is Lose Yourself by Eminem. So this song, I mean, this is my favorite Eminem song. And that piano opening is just, everyone knows it. It's, I don't think there's a single person who knows hip hop that doesn't know this song or that opening. And there, I don't, I think it, this song in general is like probably one of the more popular hip hop songs ever. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't really have much to say about this one other than it's just that piano opening. And I, I played the piano growing up, which I couldn't tell you oh, how to too. play it now, but me neither. Really? Yeah, I played for like 10 yeah. years and then stopped, and now I can't play a single key. It's Literally sad. the exact same story for me. <laughs> I get it. But yeah, so like anytime I listen to the beginning of this song, I'm like, oh man, I wish I knew how to play this on the piano. And that's about it. And then I listen to the rest of the song and forget that I ever played piano. Um, yeah, that's fine. But yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's my number two. What's yours? Um, so for mine, I had to... I had to put a Beatles song in here. I'm a massive Beatles fan. Um, so I kind of was going through their catalog looking for one and settled on Norwegian Wood. So if you are like me and are a massive Beatles fan, um, Norwegian Wood is kind of like one of their i mean it's a slower ballad it's one of their like more beautiful songs and kind of contrasting with a lot of the rest of my list here this is not fast and upbeat um i guess you could categorize it as upbeat but just like the it is just a beautiful guitar lick at the beginning and then like they play it once in the acoustic guitar and then they uh kind of shadow it with the sitar because that was you know going through that whole phase of the Beatles. Um, and it just, like, it's just such a beautiful melody and then goes right into the uh, first verse of the song, which also kind of follows along that same melodic wave. And yeah, it's one of the most beautiful Beatles songs and it has this beautiful intro uh, that I love a lot. Are you a big Beatles guy? Yeah, no, admittedly I'm not. Uh, okay. I, I keep telling myself that I'm going to go through and just listen to their entire catalog which is gonna take me days or weeks <laughs> to do because they have so much music well but i think you'd be surprised i <sighs> because i did the same exact thing when i was a freshman in college i was like you know what i owe it to the beatles they deserve it i like i they need me to go listen to their whole catalog and and make an opinion on each album I have a friend who actually just gives me a lot of crap for not being a big Beatles fan and like constantly gives me crap as in like, I'll just get texts from her randomly just saying like, I hate you for not listening to the Beatles. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I guess yeah, I you're making like, Beatles. you're making my guitar gently weep, uh, you know, just <laughs> so, throwing yeah, Beatles puns at you. I, I need to do that. It's, there's a lot of things I need to do in terms of uh, culture stuff. I wish my parents had listened to the Beatles when I was growing mm. up. So I had that like kind of connection to them. So, mm-hmm. I, but I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll listen to them eventually. Yeah, All right. definitely do. Just do it in order. It's great. Yeah. You'll love it. Okay. My number one. So I had to go back to a song that's, that had some personal connection to me, which 
the last one didn't. But uh, it's a song by AHA. Everyone knows it. It's Take On Me. So this was a song that in high school we played pretty much every single day in my broadcast and video class. And it was a song that as soon as it would, it, as someone played it and just like blared it over our speakers, we would all stop and sing along. And everyone trying to hit that high note is like one of my favorite memories of high school. <laughs> and yeah. it's just like 30 people who can't sing trying to hit that high note. And it's just the most ear piercing noise in the world. But it's, it's just a memory that I hold on to, and that was one of my favorite classes throughout high school. So, you know, that song also just kind of holds a special spot in my heart. And outside of that, it's just also a very fun song, and I love that song. And that opening fantastic. That opening gets me, it takes me back to happier times. Yeah, when I saw this on your list, I was like, what is the intro to take on me? Yeah. <laughs> I queued it up and put it on, on Spotify. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, of course. This is the intro to take on me. Great song, and I love that uh, because, yeah, if it, another karaoke staple, somebody oh, always sure. does take on me, everybody starts singing along, everybody tries to hit the high note, it's always a disaster. And it's amazing. It's a beautiful disaster. You gotta love it. <laughs> it is. All right, what's your number one? Yeah, so my number one is Sir Duke by Stevie Wonder. So the intro to this might be, I mean, actually probably is right around 10, 15 seconds, but again, has like a little bit of a, um, kind of like yours, has like a special place in my heart. Um, I really started to, I, after I gave up the piano after 10 years, it was because I switched to playing the trumpet and played the trumpet all throughout high school. And the song Sir Duke by Stevie Wonder is like an incredibly complex, great jazz kind of, when like Stevie kind of wanted to dabble in that world. Um, and understandably did an incredible job when he tried to delve into that world and the intro to sir duke is this just beautiful crazy trumpet lick with like five horns playing at the same time um that just gets you in like a you know toe tapping kind of mood and then the entire song is fantastic we actually ended up um trying to play it in my uh, in high school jazz band i think my senior year um i don't i don't <laughs> think we go. did it think we did it the justice it deserves <laughs> um but we tried our best uh, it's all and that matters right Just exactly <laughs> and um yeah i mean i love stevie wonder as well and sir duke is kind of like one of his magnum opuses in my opinion and yeah if you don't know it i would 100 percent recommend anybody to go listen to it right now all right your list has given me some some stuff to listen to because i don't know your uh Number five, two, or one. So, I love it. That's great. <laughs> so that's our one through five. Uh, all right. So we're going to do something new this week. So since we're both soccer fans and week one of EPL just finished or just happened, I guess, we're going to do some overreactions. What, what were your takeaways, your big overreaction takeaways from this week? Uh, let's start off with you. 
All right. So, as discussed earlier, I am an Arsenal fan. Um, so that was the game I was most focused on this weekend. And I don't know if it's like an overreaction. I hope it's not. But the fact that just Unai Emery is a dick tease. I mean, <laughs> we have this incredible summer on this limited budget, right? Where we do all these, we're wheeling and dealing, we're signing guys who aren't even going to be on the team until next year. That We're signing guys where we're paying only like a tiny amount now to get around that uh, hard kind of cap that we had and whatever. And so, and then the starting lineup comes out for this game and it's like, what? It's like, okay, we got, we got Joe Willock starting and Reese Nelson starting. Like, what? Is this like the Carabao Cup? Like, I don't really understand what's <laughs> happening here. Um, meanwhile, we have all like three of the new signings and Ceballos and uh, Pepe and Martinelli on the bench. And it's like, so are we going to not play? And then he subs in all three in the second half um, at some point. So it's like, okay thanks um i would have loved to see pepe play for more than 15 minutes but i guess i can't complain you did show him to me um but i think the real thing is we're all kind of salivating for the day when lacazette is back to fitness because he still kind of has this little ankle thing but if we can get that day when we have like lacazette obama yang and pepe starting um as that front three no that's fine you don't have that's naughty no no we do (laughs) daddy needs that to happen um but then just kind of the reaction to the game as a whole it it is funny how there is the old adage about arsenals that how they always have to dribble it into the net um like wenger famously would like you know if just tell people not to take shots from outside the box because if you break it down like you should be able to essentially dribble the ball into the net right if you have great passing and simple finishing you should and it does still kind of seem like that like you know it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks type thing um it does seem like they still kind of live by that granted the pass uh by maitland isles to obama yang on his finish was on a cross which was just bizarre and weird because obama yang caught that with like nobody within like 10 yards of him and it's like what are you doing newcastle i mean i know you're not great but my god and then he just took a touch and did a topo kind of over the keeper but i want to see if with these new squad additions if they're going to kind of still stick to that style or if like we have that more kind of free-flowing counter now that we have all the speed and passing and scoring ability up top so i'm kind of excited to see it it's a little new squad hype for arsenal um, and I had one other, I don't know if you want to pop in with one of your, uh, kind of overreactions. Uh, yeah, I'll just do my, my one. And, uh, it's as a Chelsea fan, obviously that was the one that I was focused on. Mm-hmm. And, um, my probably like yours, probably not actually an overreaction because it's probably just true, but Chelsea <laughs> fucking sucks, man. Like <laughs> that was a rough, they were good for about 15 minutes. And then the remaining 75 were just brutal uh they gave up a penalty like what 16 17th minute and kurt zuma probably had the worst match he's had in his time with chelsea and it can only get better uh (laughs) no (laughs) i there's just like there's really just not that many goal scorers on this team and 
I said this in a previous episode when Will was on, just that when Hazard wasn't the one creating or scoring last year, Chelsea really did not have much going. And you could see that in this match. And like for the first 15 minutes, they had a couple a couple chances. But after that, it was just like once Manu kind of settled in and took away any sort of build-up play that Chelsea was trying to do, they just had no answer for it. They had no guy that they could kind of just give the ball to and you know he could do what he wanted to do. There, there's just no one on that team right now to do that. And then Pulisic didn't even come in until late-ish in the second half, and he drew a foul almost immediately, which is probably the best thing he did in those in that in his minutes. Yeah. Which I mean, he's new. I'm not gonna like complain about him not doing much, but you know, outside of Pulisic and like being obviously a U.S. soccer fan too, there's really not much to look forward to with this squad currently. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of interesting that Pulisic is now coming in and is kind of he shouldn't be seen as the Hazard replacement, um, but it's kind of going to be a little inevitable. They paid a lot of money for him, and he's most likely going to be playing on the left wing. Yeah. Like Hazard was, it was kind of interesting how he came in and drew that foul right away. Kind of a welcome to high school, welcome to the uh, Premier League type thing. Um, and it will be interesting to see because we all know like the the stats that got parroted around um, with Hazard and how often he would get fouled, right? He was like always the most fouled player in the Premier League. So it just goes to show how brutal... <laughs> being in that position can be um yeah so i'm i'm super interested to see how pulisic is going to handle that as he gets more and more minutes um obviously as an american and a u.s soccer fan you can't not be excited about this uh possibility for him and hopefully he is able to establish himself he looked pretty good in the preseason games so i don't know i'm excited to see it too yeah i mean i had just one other thing is that like maybe Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is not a fraud at Man U. Um, the, towards the end of last season, after he signed, like he started off so hot, and then he signed that deal, and then they were terrible in the last like ten weeks of the season. Um, so it was like maybe he's terrible, but then he starts the season like this, and maybe he's not terrible. Maybe Frank Lampard is the new trash head coach manager. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. I don't know. It's hard to say because this Chelsea team is so young and with a new manager they're probably also still settling in into whatever the hell they want to do or trying to do so i don't know if it's the best match to go off of for manu to to determine if he's a fraud or not mm. but i don't know it's i'm i wasn't super high on this whole lampard like hire yeah. i so i'm you know jury's out on him but ooh, not a not a great start well let's uh I guess take a look into the crystal ball here and um, maybe you can tell us where you see uh, Chelsea finishing the season as well as the rest of your top six. Um, Yeah. If you want to go first, you want me to go first. It's your podcast. What am I doing? I don't know. I struggled with coming out with who I think is going to be five and six in, I think the top four in the EPL are going to be pretty solidly ahead of five and six. But anyway, I came up with, Chelsea finishing sixth, and I could honestly see them finishing lower. I just don't know who would be sixth instead of them. Because, I mean, outside of these top six, you kind of get into like, I don't know, you get into like the West Hams and the the teams that aren't consistently up there, you know, but they could have those one-off years. But anyway, Chelsea at six, 
Man U at five, Arsenal at four. How dare you? <laughs> Tottenham at three, Man City two, and I actually went with Liverpool to win the league. I think I'm going to call it. I think this is their year. Hopefully, only because I just don't want to see City win it again. Yeah, I don't want to, but God, City is like heavy if... favorites. They're like one to two odds right now to win the league, which is insane considering they only won the league by one point last year. Yeah, I don't know how they got such high odds, but whatever. They're just I'm, I'm going with Liverpool. Yeah, so I went from my top six starting at six. Uh, I put Man U, and then fifth Chelsea, followed by Tottenham in fourth, Arsenal baby in third. Liverpool second, and Man City uh, winning the league for the third year in a row. Um, I just can't see it. Like, Man City is so good. And the thing is, like, they were great. Obviously, they won the league last year. They did, like, the domestic treble. Um, And then they went and still signed players and got better. That's what I'm worried about with Liverpool is, yes, they had an amazing season. They were within a point of winning the Premier League as well. But <laughs> they didn't really strengthen their squad this summer, you know? Yeah. And that might, now be, that might end up hurting them. Who knows how this Allison thing goes with Adrian playing in goal, who they signed earlier this week from the West Ham scrap heap. Like, it, And then, what, like, Man City spent, I think, the most out of any team in the Premier League this past summer. Which is crazy. They won it last year, and then they still go out and spend the money to just shore up positions and make sure they have the depth where they need it. They get Kevin De Bruyne back fully healthy, and Aguero never doesn't score 45 goals a year. Like <laughs> It's crazy. And then they start the season the way they did the this past weekend. Like They're a machine. It's crazy. Yeah, it's weird because like, Liverpool... They, they had 97 points last year. At that point, like, you think they don't really need to do anything to get better because I don't think there's really a certain spot that's necessarily a weakness on their team. So I don't, I don't really know what they could have done to get better. But, yeah, like you said, City, they're a machine. I mean, they're going to – they're still the team to beat, and I'm just hoping Liverpool can do it this year. I, I'm I mean, tired of yeah. Man City, and I'm hoping maybe Man City puts more focus on winning like the Champions League, mm-hmm. and they'll falter somewhere in league play. But I mean, look, here's hoping. Yeah, um, I hope that is the case. Uh, but I don't know; they're pretty good. Yeah, it's rough. I it's it's almost becoming like the NBA, where it's just like everyone's tired of the Warriors, mm-hmm. and now everyone's tired of Man City. Yeah. Except in soccer, it can be so much worse. <laughs> yeah. There's no draft. <laughs> and they can just run buy by all money. the players. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you for being on, Charlie. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this was fun. And it was heavy soccer. So apologies if you're not a big soccer guy, but it was week one. Had to do it. And if you're not a big soccer fan, become a big soccer fan. And uh, we'll see you in two weeks.